Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Hey, we're beginning a new series today. Um, it's called New Beginnings, but in fact it was the beginning of the Bible we're going to look at. And uh, we're going to sort of relate it to, you know, this whole thought of blessings and, and things that we've been talking about, because I really want this to be built on the fact that God is good. So that's today's message. It's called God is Good. He's more wonderful than you could ever imagine. So we're turning to the very first verse of the Bible, and it says, In the beginning, dot, 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 God... And we're just going to pause right there. We're going to read the rest of the verse in a minute. In the beginning, God. You know, we're going to pause because halfway through this incredible verse is this thought that the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existed before time as we know it. And they've always resided in an eternity beyond our comprehension. Amen? They've always been and will always be a united Godhead who is one God, holy, powerful, eternal, and good. And it's my hope that through this series, we will not only marvel at the wonders of creation, but that we'll also grow in worship of this God that is good and this God that is love. It's his very nature. So as I say, this, is, this is message is called, God is good, he's more wonderful than you could ever imagine. Let's read the second half. The second half reads, created the heaven and the earth. So the whole of verse 1 reads, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Wow, what a way to start the story, his story. Your story and mine. David backs this up in Psalm 100. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. In Psalm 103, he says, Covering thyself with light as a cloak, stretching out the heaven like a tent curtain. You know, scientists now agree that the is expanding rapidly from a single point. I I videoed some of it on TV, and word for word they said, it's like coming out from the end of your nose. (laughs) That was quote. (laughs) And I, I just can't think how amazing that is. You see, stars that are reachable, were unreachable now, didn't used to be. The light we see didn't start millions of years ago, only thousands of years, as the Bible describes, because it's being stretched out by an almighty, powerful God. Jesus backs up creation in Mark 13, verse 6. So we have the whole of God's word, the New and Old Testaments, absolutely consistent that God himself was visionary, designer and builder of everything we see and everything we don't see. 
About 20 years ago, when Jenny and I felt that it was the right thing to build a new, new house on the farm, we hadn't been living on the farm for seven years, but we, we thought that was the right thing for the family's needs. And so as a, as a preparation, we kind of drove around the north end of Hamilton to some of the newer houses to just, and we prayed about, you know, what would be the right thing. And, you know, we went around one street and saw this lovely home and we just kept going round and round until it was sort of looking a bit weird and creepy and so we finally plucked up the courage to actually go and knock on the door and we started with we like your house <laughs> gets you everywhere anyway, they were very gracious and invited us in and we found out who had built the house there was a an attention to detail and some things about the house that just stood out, and we just felt that was who we wanted to talk to. And the end result was that was who we got to build our house. But, you know, where there's a design, there had to be a designer. Where there's a building, there had to be a builder. It's just, it's just the way it is in our, in, our, in our tangible, natural life, that where there's a, something being designed, we know it's been done by a designer. It's unbelievable, unbelievable that educated thinking people could swallow the lie that we are here by random chance. And it takes far more faith to believe that than to believe the Word of God. You know, apart from the obvious massive scientific gaps in evolution, the greatest tragedy is that it leaves humanity with no real purpose, no future and no hope. You know, schools teach our teens that they evolved from slime and then we say that they've got to believe in themselves. Kind of an oxymoron. Add in climate change and we wonder why they're depressed and angry hiring rowboats to get to world conferences. Whoops, I think I've just crossed the line. <laughs> hey, for the record... For the record, I am very concerned about the plastic in the ocean. So concerned that a few weeks ago we were getting rid of a fire heap near the river and um, when the other guys on the farm, not mentioning any names, had moved on, I personally picked up for about another 10 minutes every piece of plastic could have been swept into the Waikato River in a one in a hundred year flood. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Why doesn't the 16-year-old who's designed a machine to clean up the oceans get publicity and funding? Perhaps because vision and solutions are not as newsworthy as conflict and protest. Genesis 1 not only tells us the WHO with a capital W, uh, and the what, this incredible world that we see, but it also tells us the how. In the beginning, God created. I think we could also give created a capital C because it's, it tells us so much about this awesome, truly amazing, powerful God. He's creative. His very nature is to create 
and to keep creating over and over again and then to recreate those who trust in him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man slash woman believes in him, he slash she is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Does that bring hope? Does that bring comfort that we can be recreated in Christ? I lost my phone the other day, just and then tried ringing it, no sound in the house, searched the house, thought, no, it must have fallen out on my seven-kilometer bike ride around the farm. So I retraced everywhere I'd been, and I got off where I'd got off the bike and to do things like measuring and management stuff. Got home, had a think, and suddenly remembered I'd gone to the outside garage to look for something and went to the spot, and there it was. Um, yeah, so I was so happy, organised a party. No, that's another story. <laughs> that's the lost coin story. <laughs> but anyway, I stopped looking once I found it, as you do. To say with any certainty there is no God, you have to search the entire universe to be certain there is no God. But that search is pointless and needless once you find him personally. The God of creation turns out to also be knowable, kind, and good. Hallelujah. Do you know him today? Do you really know him? Have you discovered the depth of his grace? and his creativity where he wants to keep creating inside of you. You know, despite the Lord's wonderful creative flair and his workmanship that we're still discovering thanks to high-budget nature programs, after five days of creating, there was still no one like God on the earth. So we fast forward a, a few verses here. This is really just an introduction to our series today, and I, I'm very aware of the time. But we're going to fast forward to just the forming of Adam from the dust and to the forming of Eve from Adam's side. God leaves his finest work to the last day. Day six. And he creates all manner of living creatures, and then he creates man. Let's turn to Genesis 1, 26, 31, and let's read that piece. Verse 26. Then God said, let us, perfect bond, this unity within the Godhead, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He blessed them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Where did we say we were going to? Verse 31. Oh, there's a bit to go. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. So without even a 90-day trial, God commissions these created ones he's made in his own image, giving them charge over creation, including a free reign to name all the animals. Their major brief or job description, however, was to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and rule every living thing that moves. What an amazing boss, eh? No trial, just straight in there with big responsibilities. More on that next week due to time. But God gives Adam and Eve purpose, belonging and hope. The three things we're all looking for deep down, aren't we? He knew the risk. But he still put his heart on the line, still put it all out there and forms an intimate father-like bond because these are his kids and he's a good dad. He blesses them and he creates an amazing garden like safe space for the prize of his creation. The only sanction is just one tree. And they understand the rules. They understand not to touch it. But as we know, no, they were lured into tasting the one thing God said no to. We wouldn't have done that, eh? <laughs> yep, we would have. <laughs> There's so much to unpack around this incident. But today, I'm simply asking the question, what was their greatest sin? That was a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer it. What was their greatest sin? I believe it was doubting God's goodness. Doubting the goodness of God. And I said, are we any different? We see creation all around us, season after season of new life. The odds of everything getting worse and worse are defied by this new life that we see all around us. We even experience miracles and yet we still fail to fully trust this creative, faithful, amazing, good God to turn things around and come through for us. You know, doubting God's goodness and ungratefulness is sin. Doubting God's goodness and ungratefulness is sin and it is at the core of most of our modern problems. Even just knowing God personally is not enough. Knowing him should lead us to obedience. 
But it's amazing how many God-loving people justify disobeying his commands. You see, the serpent knew that Adam and Eve's love and respect for the God they knew wouldn't have made them disobey. He had to try a different tactic. He had to lie about God's character and defame him in their eyes. Did you catch that? They loved God. They knew him. They talked with him. But he lied about his character and defamed him in their eyes, making them doubt they even knew him. And that made them cross the line. You see, by sowing doubt about God's good intentions for them and his goodness in general, he managed to mess with their minds and steal their hearts away in a single bite. I've said many times it's all about the heart. God did it all to win our hearts. He made all this beautiful stuff to win our hearts, to create purpose, belonging, and hope. He created an amazing world only to have it marred by sin. And then he sends his only son to regain our hearts. You know, are we any different to Adam and Eve? Because he's now offering to recreate us in Christ. What an offer. But first we need to repent for doubting his goodness. And that's my challenge today. Maybe we all need to just think for a moment. Have we, have we doubted God's goodness in the thick of trials? Have we doubted his goodness when we're going through a rough patch? Have we doubted his goodness when, even when things are going really, really well? And we've crossed that same line that Adam and Eve did. He is the same good God that breathed natural life into Adam. And now he wants to breathe supernatural life into you and me. You know, despite the thousands of unanswered questions you might have, the mysteries you don't understand yet because he, he hides things for us, not from us. And the trials you've been through, can you join me today and say, God is good. God is good. God is good. He's more wonderful than I've ever imagined. Amen. i just got time for one more quick little story, I think. I just heard this very recently. There was a massive crash. Western Motorway in Auckland, all the traffic was banked up for miles. A huge crash. And the couple telling the stories just told of being aware that a speeding car in their rearview mirror was about to hit them, and they called out to Jesus. They were Christians, they called out the name of Jesus. Their car hurtled into the air, being side tailed wiped by a 150-kilometer-an-hour driver who fled the scene. They left the motorway, rolled. The car was absolutely crushed beyond recognition. And by some amazing miracle, they crawled out of the car that was bent and buckled, 
and greeted each other with the thought that, what are you doing here? You're, you're alive, you're alive. You know, each, each other, they just couldn't believe. Just cuts and bruises. Anyway, at the time they were hurtling through the air, the girl said she was reminded of the men in the fire in the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And how there was a fourth man standing in the fire with them. And that just thought came to her. So she looked it up in hospital. And she, for the first time, found the reference to the fact that four men came out of the fire. She'd never seen that before. But while the king watched, four men came out of the fire. She picked up the daily newspaper and read about the accident she had been in herself and a following car driver reported, we watched the speeding car hit the innocent party hurtling them off the road, but a minutes later we saw three people get out of the car. Isn't that a miracle? There was only two in the car, but there was God with them. The Son of God, an angel, who knows, but it was a miracle. A bystander, a spectator said there were three got out of that car. Isn't that cool? We have a God who is real, who is still recreating miracles and life in our time. We think maybe at times we're down and out, but we can go to him and be recreated. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this amazing creative flair. You have just done everything so so well. You've built things with excellence, better by thousands than what we could make. And Lord, you've displayed some of them for us and many we're still discovering. Many things are so deep in the ocean we have yet to discover. The, the intricate creation around us. And yet, Lord, we can get so consumed with ourselves we have not even discovered your recreating power in our own life to overcome the things we worry about so much. But Lord, as Aaron said at the beginning, we need to give it to Dad, who'll do it better, and just um, we thank you that you're our Dad. God, we've, we've, we repent for not believing in your goodness, for doubting it, for having those doubts and fears, but we just cast off doubt and fear now in Jesus' name. We just command doubt and fear to go in the mighty name of Jesus and we ask a new spirit of trust and understanding and belief in the King of Kings to flood our lives, flood our minds especially, but recreate our hearts this day. In your wonderful name, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that
that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.